This is Seattle's Morning News. Let's talk about what it takes to prohibit someone from running for Congress. There are two members of the House of Representatives, Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and Madison Carthorn of North Carolina, who are getting court hearings on whether they should be allowed even on the ballot because of their alleged participation in what happened on January 6th. Let's go to former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Our conversation is sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. So on what grounds are these candidates being challenged, Rob? They're being challenged under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Now, the 14th Amendment is best known to most of us for its provisions that declare that no state can deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of laws. So we know it because of its due process and equal protection provisions. But there's also a Section 3 of the Amendment which states uh, that no person who has taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of a state legislature or any executive or judicial officer of any state uh, taken an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, no such person can serve in those positions if they've engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the Constitution and the United States or given aid or comfort to the enemies of the United States. So this was put into place after the Civil War to prevent former members of Congress who were Confederate officers, former state legislators, former governors and other officers from holding office again. But Section 3 also includes a provision that Congress may remove that disability, as it's called, by a two-thirds vote in the House and in the Senate, which apparently Congress did in 1872. So this section has never been applied since the 1800s to block someone from seeking election or re-election to Congress. But it's being done so here because the voters who have brought these cases against Green and Cawthorn claim that Green and Cawthorn did engage in insurrection uh, against the United States or given aid or comfort to those people who did. And therefore, they are prevented from seeking re-election. So I watched part of the Marjorie Taylor Green hearing, and, and the uh, prosecution was, first of all, attempting to establish that she took the oath, that she took it freely, that she believed in the oath, and then tried to get her to define what it means to uphold the Constitution. Would uh, upholding the Constitution uh, be something that would allow you to, for example, call for a- an attack on the Capitol, et cetera, et cetera? So what is the standard right. of proof here? Well, the court will have to decide, I think, first and foremost, whether or not Representative Green or Representative Cawthorn engaged in insurrection. On the other side of the equation is members of Congress arguing that they have free speech rights and that they exercise those free speech rights, but they themselves did not engage in insurrection. The voters who brought these cases are claiming, well, you know, even if they weren't physically at the Capitol on January 6th, They gave encouragement to the people who showed up, and their statements were cited by the insurrectionists, encouraging them to go to the Capitol and break in. But is that free speech, uh, if it is such, actually the same as engaging in insurrection or in rebellion? So you've got a tension between the First Amendment free speech right and this provision in the 14th Amendment, which was clearly aimed at members of the Confederacy and whether or not it can be applied today. Uh, I would say there's a pretty good argument it can be applied today. 
However, you know, I think there's a proof problem for the voters who brought these cases to show that firebrand speeches amount to engaging in insurrection. Whereas in the 1870s, if you took up arms against the Union, that that was pretty clearly yeah. uh, an act of insurrection and rebellion. I guess the voters here want to make a point that representatives who, in their view, didn't do enough to prevent the insurrection from happening should be held accountable. And, and there's probably a political angle to it as well. In other words, we're trying to harm Green's prospects in her reelection. She has a Republican primary opponent and Cawthorn's as well. Cawthorn has uh, seven GOP opponents in the primary. And, of course, he's got a lot of other legal problems, too, that have uh, yeah. been uh, covered in the last couple of days. So I think there's also a political angle to this as well. It sounds like you think the judge is, is going to keep them on the ballot. Well, in North Carolina, the a federal judge has already ruled that the state board of elections can't hear the voters' challenges on the Section 3 claims, citing a law passed in 1872 by Congress that actually removed office-holding disqualifications, quote, from all persons whom, whomsoever, except for those who served in two specific sessions of Congress. Hmm. And he ruled that under that law of 1872, Section 3 can't apply to any current member of Congress. I don't actually know that that's true. I think that law arguably only applied to the people it was aimed at, which were former Confederate soldiers who wanted to be in Congress. But now in in North Carolina, uh, the voters trying to block Cawthorn from the ballot uh, have an uphill battle because they have to appeal that federal judge's ruling. In uh, Georgia, we don't have a ruling yet. There's also a case that's been brought against Representative Paul Gosar and others in Arizona, and we don't have a ruling there yet that we're obviously waiting for in the near future. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Dave.